to Engage with Ange. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying this new series that we have kicked off uh, around self-care. I know it is, uh, it is quite the topic right now, and um, I'm pretty sure that prior to delving into this, I didn't really understand what self-care was. Uh, really in its entirety, I think when I thought of it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this generation has just come up with some selfish thing to do, more stuff for ourselves. Uh, but in truth, you know, the more I am diving into this, the more I'm realizing, wow, this could revolutionize my life, actually. Uh, my spiritual life, my walk with the Lord, my my relationships. So it's been so good. I hope you were able to uh, tune in to last uh, the last podcast with my friend Jadine Stricker, and we just talked a little bit about what in the world is self-care from, from God's point of view, and what is what is it, and why is it important to us, and, and why should we be doing it? So really, really good. If you missed that one, go back and, and take a listen to that. But today, uh, we, are, we are jumping in to uh, our first kind of topic, if you will, and I have... Uh, one of my great friends with me, I love her so, so much, Maria Cohan. Say hi to everybody, Maria. Hi. I wish you guys could see my face. I'm so excited and not anxious <laughs> and not nervous. She's like, I'm Wait so a excited to be here. Also a little just nervous, but good. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, speaking of anxious and nervous, so that's a little bit about what we're going to talk Hello. about today. Um, so recently at our Priceless Conference that we just had this last year and a couple of other events, Maria's had the opportunity just to speak and share um, a little bit around this, around this topic of just overall emotional balance. Um, which we have everything, especially for women, everything from hormones to just anxiety and life and things that get in the way of feeling like we can even remotely even know what balance is. And, um, and it's interesting, we were talking just before that this is something that we just don't talk about a lot or enough. I think there are articles about it. I think there are books you can read about it. But to really have conversations around it I think is something uh, we want to really open up those kind of conversations. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So let me just, let me tee us up with this. So when we talk about having emotional balance, how does that relate to self-care? Like why would, you know, any sort of getting our emotions and all of this, the stuff running through our, our brains and our bodies, why is that so important for self-care? Like what would you say to that? Like, why is that important to take care of? You know, I feel like, like you said in the very opening that you used to not believe in self-care in a sense, I used to be that way. And it's interesting because I'm in the beauty industry right. per se. So technically I'm someone who should be a huge advocate for self-care, but I've never been one to do my nails regularly, to get massages, to get my hair done. I'm just on the behind the scenes side of that. So self-care has also been very abstract for me. And I feel like now I'm understanding from having the opportunity to speak at the Priceless events recently, I'm understanding that self-care is so much about the posture of my heart and time and understanding that I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to be in suffering to look like I'm doing enough. Right. Um, I don't have to seek some kind of external approval of rather or not I'm selfish in doing this one thing for myself or not, and that self-care is different for everyone, depending on where you're at. 
um, and what you're lacking. So in my life, I'm often lacking order. So self-care to me would look like chiseling away some time rather that begins with discipline, which is a hard word for self-care. But mm-hmm. maybe I need the discipline to get up before my kids if I want alone time with Jesus so that the rest of my day goes well. And maybe I do need to spend money and go and do something for myself that I don't often do instead of expecting other people to provide that for me and then being sad about it, you know? So I forgot the question, but that's how I feel. <laughs> no, that's no all good things because I think that's the whole point. We think self-care is just about what I want, but in truth, Self-care is something that when you make that choice, that discipline, that spend the money, uh, take the time, whatever that is, it affects everything in your life. Exactly. It affects your walk with God. It affects how your day is going to go. It affects your relationships with your family, with your, with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids, with your boss, yep. you know, with people you work with, with people you go to school with, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, I think, I think we have to recognize when I'm better then a lot of times everything around me is better. Yeah. You know, it's the principle, it's the principle in Matthew six thirty three where God says, seek first my kingdom. Right. Which means if I, if I am putting God first in my life for me, not everything else, not all the chaos, not all the turmoil, not all the whatever else is happening for the day or the, the week, but when I'm seeking him first, that's the first, that means that's the biggest priority for my life. And it says, then everything else will basically be added or come into order. And so I think we have to see it like that because God's created us. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't take care of yourself, you sure can't take care of anybody else. Right. Exactly. So, so no. Yeah. It sounds so cliche. The whole, you can't pour from an empty cup concept, you know, but you can't. And if you're not filling yourself up, what do you have to give? And then like you were saying about putting the Lord first at the last session that I got to share, we talked about changing our perspective of balance from looking like a balance beam, like the old school scales to turning it on its head in a vertical way, like a yardstick. And it's like, if you look at balance vertically and you put the Lord at the top, everything else makes sense. But as women, we spend all of our time trying to line up the numbers in the yardstick with our own power (laughs) instead of just going up to zero and making sure that the first is his. I wish you guys could see me. I talk with my hands a lot and I'm doing a lot of shapes. It's really great. But hopefully you really get it. Hopefully you get it. But yeah, so putting the Lord first, but in a visual sense, in a posture sense, is also self care because then everything else works and we're not lost trying to do it ourselves. So you've used the word posture a couple times, yes. Because I think that sometimes we think we get we get confused with position and posture. Wow. So my position, right? My position is I'm a wife. My position is I'm a mom. My position is I'm this at work or I'm this, you know. So I think it's important to understand my position isn't going to be successful if my posture isn't right behind it. Right. Exactly. So I think that's you just because you said that word a couple of times that just stirs me up because I'm like, Oh yes. That's why if our posture starts with God at the top of the yardstick, exactly. (laughs) Then all of a sudden everything makes more sense. Yeah. So let's talk about some things like um, you, you mentioned this, you said a lot of times we throw the word anxiety out there, which anxiety is a real thing. Um, a lot, a lot of, of women and men, young people are struggling with anxiety, depression. Um, but also you mentioned a lot of times it's just an unsettling 
So let's talk a little bit about that because sometimes it's not like this zero to 60. Right. Sometimes it's just this imbalance or this unsettled place that, you know, that we, we don't know how to navigate. So yeah, exactly. Maybe just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I always like the disclaimer because I don't want people to think that a, I have it together because somehow I've been caught in this situation where I've been speaking about anxiety for the third time now. You're and I feel like I'm a literal ball of anxiety all the time. So that's very just hilarious to me, but go Jesus. Um, I feel like for one, I'm the least expert in the subject other than going through it myself. Um, so it's not like something I've conquered. I like to disclaimer that. And also that there are physiological things, you know, I always bring it up before I have a conversation like this. There are people who need medical treatment and I fully support that completely self-included. There are hormonal things, there are medical things, but when I talk about posture as it relates to it and anxiety as it, um, as we were talking about with balance and structure and all of that and the unsettling that you just mentioned, I feel like that's from a spiritual perspective. Sometimes we feel unsettled in our spirit and that spills over into our day-to-day life. And unfortunately, the opposite is true. I feel like the reason we could throw a blanket out there and say that in some shape or form, everyone, especially women, when we're talking to women, has experienced some form of anxiety. Um, Then the reason we can throw that blanket out there is because in the same way that our spirit spills over into our physical realm, our physical world affects our spiritual world. Right. And I feel like the reason is we're often backwards and often the unsettling of our life structure of not having structure or balance, not living in that yardstick sort of order of the Lord going first. Then all of a sudden when things are out of order, our anxiety is spilling over into our spiritual walk. And so we feel unsettled and we feel out of sorts and we're not spending time with Jesus first and everything is out of whack. And that spills into our physical bodies. So then you're tired, you're overwhelmed, you're snapping at kids, you're short with your friend, you're whatever. And all of these things just create a cycle of unsettledness. And so you feel a lack of peace. And sometimes it requires some spiritual warfare, but a lot of times it requires some repositioning and re posture reposture is not how you say it, but whatever, (laughs) like repositioning your posture, right? before the Lord. And what is it that I'm doing here? What is it that I need to do? How do I need to chisel? How do I put you first and realign my life to where all things can be added? Right. You know, so the, the unsettling can find peace, you know, just like he speaks to the storm in our lives and to the sea and to, I need to be able to find a place of not being so lost in my unsettled mind that I can say, Hey, I need to hold my thoughts captive. I have control of this. I'm in charge. And I need to then surrender to the Lord, which brings us back to posture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a big thing. Like we don't, well, I'm a very strong personality, so I don't like to surrender to anything. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I got, I can do it all. I can solve it all. I can fix it all. I can be it all. I can carry it all, you know? And, and at some point that all crashes. Yeah. At some point I'm crying in the closet that I'm spread too thin and nobody noticed and nobody's offering a a lending hand, (laughs) but also I want to hold all the baskets. (laughs) Yes. Don't take the baskets, but yet you better come help me when I can't hold them. Right. And all of this you need to know without me saying, yes, at least notice that I'm trying to carry all the baskets. Yeah. That's just notice. Don't touch the basket. Yeah. (laughs) Don't touch it. Just pay attention. Yeah. Um, but, but truthfully that, that is a, that is a, me being such a strong personality, I, I, I have a hard time with that surrender. 
part. And I think that's a big piece of, of coming into some sort of balance, um, is learning to surrender to different things in your life. Um, maybe the schedule doesn't go perfect and you have to surrender to that. Lord, that's hard for me to hear, (laughs) but it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe it is, you know, my five minutes with God in the car is just not enough surrender today to him because I am out of control. I am not responding well to the people around me. So maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. (laughs) Or even if it is them, I still need to fix me. I still need to, to do an internal dive of, you know, what, what can I do differently to bring peace to the situations that I'm in, to the conversations that I'm in. So let's, let's just for a few minutes, let's talk practical yes. because I think, you know, we've talked a little bit spiritual and, and I mean, like Maria said, neither one of us are some expert, you know, uh, degreed therapists for all things anxiety. But, um, I think there's a lot of healing and just hearing conversations with real people who are, who are learning the little things that are working and, and things that maybe aren't working, you know, and how to, to walk through that. But, um, let's talk practical. So what are some practical things? For example, when you're holding all the baskets and, and you're like, you know, nobody's paying attention. I'm drowning. I'm going down. Nobody sees what's about to happen. You know, what, what are some practical things that we can do differently? Um, and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe practical doesn't mean it happens in a moment. Right. But what are some practical things that maybe we can talk about that might help somebody who is listening um, today? Like, you know, great, I get what y'all are saying, but how? Where's the how? Give me some hows. Right. And um, so let's, let's talk a little bit. I mean, I'll, I'll start with one as you're thinking of one. Like you said, maybe it's one of the hows is choosing to readjust your time schedule. 100%. Getting up earlier before everybody else. Um, I love, I listen to... Um, um, Havila Cunnington, mm-hmm. uh, a lot. And on one of her podcasts, she was talking about tiger hours. She calls them her wow. tiger hours. She said, my tiger hours are the hours I actually get stuff done in my day. And she said, when anybody else is around me or anybody else is awake are never my tiger hours. Right. <laughs> and so for her, she says it's getting up early in the morning for some people like my, my hours like that are, are, um, at night, I'm a night owl. So when everybody goes to bed, I mean, Tim is kind of goes to bed earlier these days. I think it's because he's getting older. I don't Mm. know. And if I can get Sophia off to bed and the dog off to bed and everybody out, like from like 11 o'clock till maybe one in the morning, two in the morning, I can can get get some stuff done. I can spend time with God. I can worship. I can work, you know, but for other people, it's early morning. So I think that is a practical. I think you have to figure out. What are the hours in your day that you can spend getting yourself organized, spending time with God, thinking through, writing things down? Um, You mentioned that earlier, that you have your own, you know, where things you really unload things. So those are all practicals. So anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I think that like first and foremost, like you said, I fully agree. I think time is our biggest issue right now in the current world we live in is knowing how to manage our time. Oh, yeah. Um, Our resources in general, any of our resources, knowing how to manage that. And a lot of times we just have to ask for direction from the Holy Spirit. But in a practical sense, I think for one, um, for anybody listening, if you feel in the dark, then you need to talk to somebody. 
period, because I've often felt like I've heard a podcast like this where somebody said, you need to just make some decisions and adjust your time and get up before the kids. And I've literally thought the exact thought that I'm about to say, um, (laughs) that is easy for you. Right. I have three small kids and I work 13 hour shifts and I'm tired and I can't get up any earlier than I already get up because I already get up early to do X, Y, and Z. And if I get up any earlier then I slept two hours and then it defeats the purpose. And that's my mindset being totally boggled down by the fact that I'm in the thick of anxiety and depression and whatever is going on. And so first we need to change our mindset to, I actually want to make improvements and get better. And then you need to acknowledge out of those things in your life, what is in your circle of control, right? So that's where drawing and writing comes into play. I can't speak for everyone, but I'd like to think that most people who struggle with anxious thoughts and feeling unsettled are you generally overthinkers and people pleasers. And I say that because I am those things I'm having to admit (laughs) as of late, I realize that I do all things thinking about what everybody else is thinking and how they will react to what I'm doing and choosing at that very moment. And generally I will choose the most self deprecating martyr option so that I can then know that I'm doing the best for everyone else because that's what makes me feel good because I'm selfish I know. I said it. Admit it to yourself and then we make progress. Just own it. But because of that, I'm such an overthinker that I'm constantly thinking 80,000 thoughts and doing none of them. So I feel like sitting down, get a whiteboard, draw a circle, and then another tiny circle inside that circle. If you were at my breakout session at Priceless, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in that big circle, you write all the things you can't control. Like I literally can't control if my children are going to grow up to be drug addicts and serve the Lord or not. Like I can't control that. Right. I can plant a heck of a lot of seeds and that's what I'm trying to do, but I can't control it. Cannot control if it's going to rain Saturday and literally ruin my plans, which is a really rough thing for me to process is when my plans get ruined. Can't control it. So let's put it in the big circle. And then in the little circle, I can control rather or not I get up at a certain time. Uh I can control whether or not I meet my protein goals and my water goals tomorrow, which sounds so trivial, but if we take care of our physical bodies Uh and of our mind and have structure, then we're able to think clearly and make decisions that reciprocate that. And then we start to create some sort of balance in our lives. And of course, at the top of that, it's time spent with Jesus and seeking the Holy Spirit and walking with him like a friend. But I feel like if you can just decide, determine what things don't belong to you, Right. Like these things don't belong to me. And it's 90% of my worries because 90% of them are out of my control, which is why they're worrying me. Right. The things that I can control, I'm pretty darn good at doing. Right. So how about I realign those? And also my second would be saying, no, you're just going to have to say no to some things. And that's really hard for a people pleaser, but you're not going to create more days in your schedule. You're not going to add pages to your planner. You're not going to add hours to your day. What you need to do is deduct, right? rip out a yep. whole page from that planner, mm. you know, cross off a day. Um, so for me, it's been really planning ahead. Like I've had one of the assistants at the salon go in and block off two weeks, no plans, no vacation, nothing's planned. My finances aren't in line, nothing is done. But having that time blocked off now forces me to posture myself in mm. a position of rest because rest is a weapon for us, so. Yes, which is what we're going to talk about on our next podcast. Ooh, rest. I'm excited. Um, no, but those are good. Like I, for the picture that she just, you know, painted for us. And again, I wish you could see her hand. She was drawing the circles here. Um, but the big circle, that little circle, because I think breaking things down 
into little pieces that we can understand, you know, I can control what I eat today. I can control when I sleep today. Well, not always, but I can control something about it. Maybe I can control an hour of it. I, I don't know. Breaking it down. I think sometimes things are so broad and so big. And, um, you know, I, I think people who, who are really having to struggle with all that, that anxiety and stuff, like you said, there's, there's 80,000 thoughts going on in your head at once. And which one do I pick and which one do I address and which one is going to affect who and what and what. And, you know, by the time you spiraled out all of those things, there's no time to think through anything in a clear way. Exactly. So you also mentioned writing. So what's yes. a practical with writing that you could do? Man, I just feel like, um, can I detour a little bit? You can do okay, whatever I'm you gonna want. Okay, I'm going to detour a little bit. You know why? We can do whatever we want. I love it. No this agenda. is so exciting. I'm going to detour a little bit and talk about aloneness, and it'll circle back into writing. Awesome. What I've noticed lately is I've never been alone, mm. ever, in my life. I might cry talking about it. And I often talk to our dear friend, Jadine, who was on last week about how interesting our lives are and how they're complete opposites, yet we feel the same emotionally. So Jadine lives alone and probably has a lot of time on her hands to be alone and to think, whereas I am constantly crowded by children and family and work environment, and I'm never alone with my thoughts. And so I crave going and living in her apartment for a day, you know, but she might be in her apartment thinking, man, I wish there were some people running around. Right. cooking for me, you know, asking me how I'm doing. So it's interesting how that, you know, we could switch places. But in my life, I came to realize through talking to some people last week that I've never been alone. So I'm one of four children. We were significantly poor, even though I didn't know it growing up. So I've always shared a bed, not even like having my own room, but not even my own bed. I have never had my own bed in my entire life. Um, I've shared with a sibling. Then I've shared with another sibling. Then we've taken people in when they were in need and we were doing better. So I was still sharing. Um, And then I immediately got married. I lived with my parents up until I got married and started to share life with Devin. And then we immediately started having children and started to share life with them. And I've never, outside of medical procedures and delivering children, which nurses come in all the time. God bless all the nurses. You're great. Um, (laughs) I've never, ever spent a single night alone, ever. Wow. In my whole life. And I was like, I haven't had time to process my feelings about anything. Right. When I'm exhausted and I recoil, is that a word? When I like turn down for the night, I'm turning down next to another human who might have questions for me. Who might see me cry myself to sleep on a day that I would rather be doing it alone. Um, When I'm in the shower and it's my moment to pray and cry and sit in the bathtub and let the water run over me, a toddler might stick their hands under the door and start asking for something. Just the other day, my kids were killing each other and I had to invite both of them into the bathroom with me to sit on opposite (laughs) sides of a tiny bathroom while I showered. So it's completely, I'm never alone. And so that's where writing comes in. Because when I do get a moment, it, it could be on the notes on my phone. It can be on a receipt. I could be in the car and they're all killing each other in the back, throwing chicken nuggets It could be, you know, while my husband is next to me watching some murder mystery show or something at two o'clock in the morning, I can turn over, even though I have no alone time, no space, and grab a notebook and unload how I'm feeling. 
And I know that the Holy Spirit is with me. I know that the Lord is with me. I know that I can now process it. I will reread it at another time and either be able to better organize my thoughts or see where I was and where I'm at or feel heard or at the very least share my burdens because we are so good at holding it all in and then exploding. So writing is a huge, huge release for me. Um, I don't do it as often as I'd like, but I'm trying to really practice doing so. Like, just take it out and write it if I can't right. be alone and have the hours and hours and hours that this warrants. Right. That we, none of us have. Let's just be real. Exactly. And it isn't, we're have. constantly taking on more. Mm-hmm. Because we trick ourselves. We'll have one moment where we're like, yeah, I could take three classes this fall on top of a full-time job. And then when you're in it, you're like, I don't have another second. And then you take on something else because uh-huh. that's just who we are. Um, so, yeah, it's important. Yeah, that's interesting you talking about aloneness uh, because a lot of my life, I've had some alone time, but it was interesting just recently that Tim and Sophia, which Jasmine got married, so she's out of the house. Tim and Sophia went to a camp, a kid's camp, and they were all gone. And it was the first time I remember – staying by myself in my house in it's so wild extraordinarily long time and I was very uncomfortable I heard every noise now I've lived in this house for 18 years I know all the sounds but something about at night I just was like this is so creepy and this is so weird and I didn't know what to do with myself because I had cleaned everything and everything stayed clean because nobody else was here to do it and I was like now what you know and um so it's interesting. Yeah. Aloneness. It's just, it's weird because I'm the same as you. When people, like a friend just encouraged me recently to go on alone adventures. Like go to an Airbnb for three nights, just you and Jesus and drink coffee and don't share your food with anybody and hold the remote, <laughs> you know, like hold the, remote. hold the remote, do whatever. And I literally thought that sounds glorious. And immediately I thought that sounds scary. Yeah. I don't know how to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that reveals a root problem and a root cause of all of my issues. I don't know how to be alone because I need to constantly be busy or doing for someone else to feel like myself and right. to not feel out of sorts, which means if I'm alone with the Holy Spirit, which is where he needs me to be able to address things, to say, hey, you've got this wound I want to heal. You've got this thing I want to line up. Like a chiropractor. Like he wants to adjust us, but I'm never unrobed on the bed like super vulnerable by myself, adjust me. I'm always like, well, right after I wash this cup and right after I answer this email and it's like alone time is valuable. And I know that this sounds outrageous and abstract and we don't have that kind of freedom in our day-to-day life, um, which is where little things like saying no and ordering our schedule, organizing our schedule and writing things down um, and putting time with the Lord first creates that time. I do believe that he exponentially multiplies our time when we give him first fruits. Like your dad used to always preach about, like, mm-hmm. you don't just tie the money. You tie all of your, everything Life. you have. So your mm-hmm. time, it's like he gets the first cut. You know, yeah. he makes that 10% feel like 90 if we just give him the first. And so, yeah, I know that we're not just magically going to go and have all this free time and alone time. And some of us, like you and I, don't even want it. And it's not even comfortable. But um, starting small, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but like you said, starting small, maybe it is being able to take a two-hour 
drive to a lunch somewhere by yourself or coffee by yourself, yep. you know, and back. It doesn't have to be an overnight. But even even things like that where you're starting to feel comfortable with the Holy Spirit and with you and just that time where you can, you know, take a deep breath, um, that's, that's definitely a practical and that's hard to do. I mean, um, it's interesting because Pam, who's, you know, my sister-in-law, she does that every year. She goes to somewhere and does a weekend by herself and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how. I'm like, do how it. do you do it? How do you do that? How does that happen? <laughs> Jadine can tell us. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, but that, no, that's all good. You know, and I'm not a good writer either, but that's something like I'll bottle up all this stuff and we think I have nowhere to release it. Well, that's, that's a practical and, you know, it's just to write it down, put it on notes in your phone. You know, you don't have to have some perfect plan, you know? Oh yeah. There are no periods in my notes. I just That's go excellent. on and on and on. All the run-in sentences, all of them are there. Just let them all come out yes. at once. I know, but that's awesome. You know, if we would do that more where we don't feel this expectation that even if I write it, it's got to be perfect. Exactly. Even if I say it, it's got to be perfect. You know, and like, it let me doesn't. organize it into correct folders or I shouldn't start writing. It's like, no, just write, just write. Wait, I need the new notebook. This is from the old notebook. So if I yes. have the new notebook with a clean page, then it's just not going to work out. You know, but. maybe after I go to target and hit up the, the pens and cute journals, then I can start writing. It's like, no, just write right now. Just let it out. Let, it, let out. it out. Cause it's about letting it out. It's yeah. not about the writing. Yeah. Think of it as like that really terrible text. You really want to send in response to the really terrible text you just received or a Facebook comment where you type it all out. And the Holy spirit's like delete and send. Okay. <laughs> and I'm so disobedient. I just send the letter K. Because yes. I still want to sound a little harsh. Like the full okay spelled out is too nice. Yeah. You know, but that's the same concept. It's like, it doesn't mean you can't feel. It doesn't mean we're all walking around perfect and like, oh, I have so much self-control. But it's like, let me only expose those things to the Lord. Right. Let me get them out, mm -hmm. get healthy and, and exercise self-control by not sending it. Right? Same thing. Instead of me acting out and having a horrendous day and bringing my entire family down with me to my pity party, let me get up in the night hour, talk to the Lord, write it down, and wake up with making the choice that today I'm going to choose joy. Today I'm going to choose to Peace. surrender mm -hmm. my thoughts. Today I'm going to choose that sound mind that is offered to me. I don't have to dwell in the craziness of my mind. And that's something that I think we don't often acknowledge. Like we think, well, it's my hormones. Well, I'm a woman. Well, this is the season of life I'm in. No, we have control. Yeah. We feel out of control and overwhelmed, but we have control. Right. We need to command our mouths, our minds to surrender to his lordship and to the shape that he designed us in and not the shape that the world around us is squeezing us into. I feel like we're constantly being squeezed like water into the size of the container Right. And not mm -hmm. fluid like he designed water to be, right? So I feel like we're compressed. We are. We are compressed. So it's, uh, I want to kind of end on, on a little bit of this because I think it relates to it since you mentioned it. And that is the dreaded H word of hormones, um, yes. especially for women. So, you know, I know it's not just all women who listen, but that is a big deal. And... Um, and, you know, a lot of times we think it's when you're later in life, it's hormones. No, it's every time you have a child, it's every time anything is going on in your life without getting too intense and graphic. Right. But, but the truth is, I mean, postpartum is a real thing. 
And I know there are a lot of young women that I have spent time with recently that are just, it takes a minute to, to get through that. It's overwhelming. They think they're never going to get through it. It's caused a lot of turmoil, you know? So I, I think we, you have to go into stuff like that knowing this is, this is potentially going to affect me. My hormones are, are about to play a number on me and I can't just excuse them away and just blame them and say, I can act however I want because it's my hormones. Um, but at the same time, they are real and yep. it is a fight and it is, it is not something that is, you know, you can just take a pill and be okay. Right. And, um, and so, but I, I, I wholeheartedly believe, like you said, there are certain things we can control. It takes more effort. It takes more people around us, more help. And for sure, the Holy Spirit will show up and walk us through those days. Yes. And those moments. But I think that's a very real place that women are in with yeah. hormones. It's, it's incredible because it feels like something outside of your circle of control, right? Uh, like we were talking about yes. the circles. Um, I'll share about me real quick because why not? Um, but I just went to the doctor recently because I'm, my level of overwhelm and of not being able to control my emotions feels completely out of range. Um, and he looked at me square in the eye and he was like, well, honey, <laughs> you battled postpartum depression after your first and never treated it and then piled two more and you're still experiencing it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, you're the doctor. Um, and he's right, you know, and we experience it so much. So just like you were saying, it could be menopause. It could be a hysterectomy. It could be, I just gave birth and never acknowledged it, never accepted help, never let it anybody into my life. And now nine years later, I'm still struggling with things that I should have treated like medically. And it could be my nine-year-old son on steroids for asthma acting out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, and as a parent, so we'll use him as an example, as a parent, I'm looking at him and he's acting out of control. How do I know when to discipline and when to have grace? Because I know it's because he's on steroids, right? For asthma. Mm -hmm. And that's how we are ourselves. It's like, we need to know, okay, this is medical, but also I have to draw the line at some point. I have to discipline myself with my reactions so I'm not going to stop parenting him when he's acting out of control just because I know there's a medical issue there. And in the same way, when we're disciplining ourselves, it, yes, I have Hashimoto's disease, a thyroid malfunction, and I have polycystic ovaries and all these hormonal things that a lot of women have. But I still have to surrender those things, including my physiological things, to his lordship. Wow. His character is good. So it's not just I'm coming to him for healing because I don't want to be on medication. It's no, even when I'm on medication, I even when and you. even when he does heal me or doesn't heal me, I still have to surrender the results of that issue to him. So my actions and how I respond, I still need to surrender. My tongue, my thoughts, all of that. Like I can't make myself happy. No, but he will fill me with his joy if I surrender even my medical issues, even my hormonal imbalance to him. Yes, he will. And I think to your point way early on that you said, if you're in that dark place, find somebody to talk to. Absolutely. And I think in those moments when hormones are raging and things are shifting that you do feel out of control physically, which then affect you mentally, 
and emotionally. I think it's so vital to find someone. Um, obviously, you can find somebody who's a professional or a counselor or you know, a doctor or someone who can obviously help you medically or walk you through. But sometimes it's also finding, um, seeking out a person in your life that you feel like you can trust that maybe isn't living with you every day in it. Right. <laughs> that can look at you and give grace for it and love you through it, but speak truth to it. I think that's important for us. Have that person that can say, you know what? You are out of control today. This is your hormones. A lot of it is this. You, it is going to come to an end and you are going to be okay, but we're going to stop right now. We're going to take a deep breath. I'm going to pray with you. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to love you. This is not, this is not really you right now, you know, and, and just having somebody that can, can be patient and have some level of grace, I think is so powerful and it's learning to be able to trust somebody to talk to them. That's really yep. important. A hundred percent. Besides the Lord, obviously we can always talk to the Lord, but I do think that God We'll put people in our lives that can help us. And so I think that's important. Yep. He doesn't want us to be alone, right? Yes, that's Just like right. We were talking, he doesn't want us to be alone. There has to be somebody in your life that represents the little pull cord in like a hospital bathroom, you know, <laughs> like when you're all alone, if I fall here, I need a pull cord. Yes. Like a little that's emergency. Great. Somebody better come in and rescue me. You know, that's so um, good. it's often our husbands or whoever we live with. Uh, but in this case, I had a friend that called me every Monday and said, six weeks ago, you told me that on Monday you were going to go see your doctor. And every Monday she said, did you call your doctor? Did you call your doctor? So finally I called my doctor, you know, finally I shared with my husband how I'd been feeling and now I get more support. Look yes. at that. I expect him to be a mind reader and know that I'm in the thick of it, <laughs> but maybe I had to sit and tell him and then there's help. There's help. You yeah. know, so find somebody to tell. Yes. And if you have that friend, maybe you need to be that friend, the one that was calling you yep, every Monday. To someone else. Absolutely. You know, be that when you're walking somebody. I mean, I know there's a couple of girls around our life that are about to have a baby. So I'm on high alert with them. Yep. You know? As soon as that baby's out, I'm like, how are you feeling? Yep. How are you feeling? <laughs> What's going on? And I'm going to get in your business a little bit to the amount that you'll let us because, because that, that, that's such a great analogy. It's the, it is the pull cord. Yep. And, you know, and that's why there, that's why there's a pull cord in the bathroom, in the hospital, because if you fall or something happens, you know, somebody needs to be alerted. Somebody needs to be alerted. And, and I think that's a big piece of, of just overall emotions and all that. So anyways, we could go on and on Forever. and on. I wish we could have uh, more time, but, uh, listen, this has been really, really good. This has helped me a lot. Um, I've enjoyed it. I'm excited. I've always See? wanted to do this, even though She's I not try to talk now. myself out of it. Once I get the talking, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> we just have to get Maria going. Just talking, she's good. But that's, uh, yeah. So I really hope this has been uh, beneficial um, to those of you who've listened. Maybe you know somebody that they're walking through some of this stuff um, and they don't know what to do. This would be a great podcast to send their way uh, and let them hear this. Um, I think just to have some practical uh, and some spiritual and just some realness, if you will, around this, you know, around this kind of topic is so, so vital. Um, so I just, I don't always do this at the end of a podcast, but I want to pray for anybody listening today. Yes, I love that. And um, so if you, if you feel to pray Maria as well, um, but God, I just thank you for anybody listening today and the conversation that we've had today. That is just, it's such a real thing. It's such um our emotions and our, our mental state and all of this. 
is so uh, important to how life happens for us every day. And so I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come on the, the people who are listening. God, that you would bring peace and joy to them today. I thank you, Lord, that you would show them the places that they need to surrender, that you would give them the grace to make the hard decisions and those disciplined decisions we were talking about. God, I ask that you show them a way out. Maybe if they're in that dark place, send somebody to them. Um, show them who that person is that can help them. Holy Spirit, show up in their life. Show up in their, their moments of the, the darkest and the, the deepest places where only you can. And so I just thank you, Holy Spirit, you're going to do that for every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, listen, uh, today was awesome. And uh, self-care, this is a great place to start right here. So posture, surrender, all the fun things. Yes, they feel so nice. They feel so nice. Oh, but when you're on the other side, it's so good. Yes. So anyways, thank you, Maria, for being here. Thank we're going to have Maria back. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank Yay. you for having me. You're welcome. Um, so we're going to have her back at some point, and maybe we'll talk about this. Maybe we'll talk about something else fun or yes. entertaining or yes. something. Uh, yes. So she has a design mind that's super fun we could talk about one day in those 80,000 thoughts. Yep, so there. anyways, yes, uh, make sure you just go on, subscribe, share the podcast if you haven't already done that. And um, we're going to want to check in the next couple of weeks and we're going to be talking more about self-care. Uh, we still have an episode about rest, which we mentioned today. I'm so excited and about that one. The power of, of rest in your life. It is a weapon. And then we're also going to be talking about spiritual routines, which, Ooh. yeah, is a big answer to what yes. we've talked about today. Um, and I have another great friend. She's going to be coming on to share about that. And um, just the, that that could be a lifeline to all of us. So anyways, good stuff on the way. And maybe Tim Fox will get to come on. We're going to talk about self-care for your marriage. Nice. So that's going to be fun. Yes. Anything with Tim Fox is always entertaining, no doubt. So anyways, thank you so much for joining. Have an incredible, amazing, peace-filled week. Bye.